0: Here's Pastor Scott. Chapter 6, verse 1. The Bible says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. I want to speak to you today from a sermon titled, Can You Help Your Fellow Believer Get Out of a Mess? Look at somebody and say, can you help me? Now ask them, will you help me? Pray with me. God, thank you for helping us. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins so that we could have your righteousness. Thank you for atonement. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. And I ask you, God, today to anoint me to say things that would be sound doctrine. God, say things that you would have me to say, God. I ask you, please, Lord, speak to us. By your spirit, from your word, in Jesus' name, amen. I love church. I meet people who tell me all the time, oh, church ain't about nothing. Church ain't helping nobody. I'm like, you're going to the wrong church. You're going, Yeah, big, pretty churches that meet for one hour on Sunday and say, come back to the big show next week. Uh, they, they might not be helping a lot of people. Uh, the test of a church is drive by during the week, see if anything's going on when church ain't going on. That's when real ministry is happening. But I love church. I love uh, people who come to church. I love people who love the Lord. I love the opportunity to gather together with like-minded people a couple times a week and talk about how great our God is. Anybody know our God is great? But we live in a time where there is something combating, something opposing, something that is fighting against our ability to connect with each other, and that thing is sin. Say sin. Sin is one of the shortest words you could possibly have, three letters, one syllable, uh, unless you're f- from the deep south. Sin. I don't want to get in that sin. That's sin, That's like pie. Uh, you know, you start dragging words out too long, you, you, you're beyond southern. But sin is a problem. Do we agree with that? Sin is a barrier. The Bible says sin is a separator. Sin will separate you from the right relationships with people and the right relationship with God. But how far do we have to look to find sin? The Bible says it's ever-present. It's always there. It's always at the door. It's always right around us. You don't have to look hard for it, and you can stumble into it if you're not paying attention. And I'm not just talking about the world's sin. I'm talking about God's people. Because I'm never going to be the guy to go march, chant, picket, politic, hang out on a street corner screaming at unsaved people for doing unsaved stuff. Why wouldn't unsaved people uh, do all that stuff? They're going to die and go to hell forever. Uh, the only, only shot they've got is here. The only reason we who are born again don't do all that stuff is because we know there's a better way. We know there's something on the other side worth attaining. And so I'm not that guy that's going to stand and, 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 and go off, stand on street corners. I, I used to see him, man, when I lived in Middleburg, we started this church in Middleburg almost 18 years ago when Gail was alive. Uh, with 16 people and a handful of kids. We started this church, and there was this one church. They always had people on the corner. Um, I don't even know. I'm guessing 218 and... Blanding is still the biggest corner in Middleburg, but they always had people out there screaming at cars drive by. You ever notice how fast cars drive on Blanding? Jesus! What are they going to hear you say? But they were standing out there with their turn or burn signs, repent or perish, and I'm thinking, you know, you're taking me back to the 70s. I grew up in Jacksonville in the, in the 70s and 80s, As a teenager in both those decades, and I can remember going to concerts, and I always had that one lady, hair to the floor, dress to the floor, no makeup, straight holiness. I ain't mad at holiness, people. The Bible says without holiness you won't even see God. But she was standing there with her sign with flames on it, uh, Turn or burn? And I'm thinking, oh, that's going to reach a lot of people right there. (laughs) I wasn't saved in it, but I'd been in church enough. I knew you ain't helping your cause, lady. Um, and, and listen, I'm not going to be that guy. If, if I see a dog walking on all fours, lapping water out of a bowl, I, I'm not shocked by that. I don't feel like I need to tell that dog, that is inappropriate. Dad, he's a dog. He's supposed to crawl on all floors, lick water out of a bowl. Now, if I come to your house and we're sitting around... And you say, hold on, bro, I got to get a drink of water. You get on your hands and knees, you call crawl to the dog dish, and you start. I'm calling 911, an an exorcist. I'm calling somebody because something's going wrong at that point. What am I saying? I expect certain behavior from the people who should exhibit that behavior. Y'all beating up y'all's husbands and wives and kids, y'all Bible bashing folk, neighbors and relatives about how they should live better. What you need to do is quit drinking and smoking and start coming to church. No, No, what they need to do is repent of their sins, fall in love with Jesus, and let God work all that out. So this problem, I'm not addressing this problem because the Scripture's not addressing this problem in this text to unsaved people. I'm addressing to this to people who are saved or at least claim to be saved because even inside the church, and I'm not just talking about our church, find the best church in the world, find the greatest preacher in the world, find that awesome, never-done-anything-wrong crowd of folk, and you'll find out still everybody is a sinner. The only perfect person that ever lived is Jesus Christ. So we all still have our struggles. Can we agree with that? Yeah. But we're going to learn some things today, and I want you to put your thinking hat on. I'm going to be a little, t- <clears throat> a little teachy and, and try to get some things uh, clarified this morning. Let's look at our verse again, Galatians 6.1. I'm going to read it in your hearing. I want you to receive it. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. I'm going to give you some things to think about this morning, and I want you to grab hold of them as I throw them out there. See, this is going to determine whether or not God does anything supernatural in your life. Some of y'all already got your attitude up on your shoulders. Some of y'all already got the switch turned off in your head. Listen, I want you to connect and engage. If you love the Lord, this is for you. Say me. I want you to grab hold of these things as I throw them out. It's your your job to be a receiver this morning. First thing I want you to see from this passage is that this passage is to Christians. In in, in the verse it says, Dear brothers and sisters. Now we study a lot of um, hermeneutics at Abundant Life, the art and science of properly interpreting Scripture, because I want you to understand the Bible when you read it. And when you see the words, Us, We, We, in the Bible, when you see them talking to brothers and sisters, it's usually talking to what kind of people? Christian people. They, them, uh, those outside the covenant is talking to unsaved people. This passage is undeniably for Christians. Is that you today? Let's keep looking. Not only is this passage for Christians, but secondly, I, I want you to know sin is a certainty. Sin is. A certainty. It's not, it's, this is one of those things uh, where you can say, it's not if you do it, it's when you do it. It's not, it, it's, it's like those motorcycle riders that'll tell you. It's, it's not a matter of if you're going to lay that bike down. It's just when you're going to lay that bike down. Now, the, in, in your life as a believer, you need to get it firmly planted in your mind. Sin is present. Now, see, the people that I have to spend time explaining that to, I don't believe they're saved to begin with. Well, not in me. Maybe in y'all. Uh, well, you know, First John says if you say you have no sin, you call God a liar and the truth ain't in you. So that's you all day. I'm, I'm, you know, some people don't like me getting biblical on them. Let me slow back down, and I'll get more teachy for you. But the, the, the Bible, uh, in, in our verse, it says, If another believer is overcome by some sin... God wouldn't have put that in the book if it wasn't going to happen. God wouldn't have gave us instruction about what to do when a Christian falls into sin if a Christian wasn't going to fall into sin. God's book is specific, and he doesn't waste words. So sin is coming. Amen? Third thing I want us to see from this text is sin for a believer is something we're overcome by, not something we pursue. This right here, if I was going to be long this morning, but I'm going somewhere, so we got to get through this, I would stay on this point for a long time if I was going to hold y'all all afternoon, but we need to understand, accept and agree that sin for a believer is something we're overcome by, not something we pursue. If you read the scripture, you'll find out that their sin comes in different variations with different wording surrounding it. sin trespasses, faults, snares. These are things that trip you up. These are things that stumble you. These are not things you're like, oh, I see that over there. I want to run headlong into that and dive off into sewage. That's not good thinking. That's not, that's not the life of a believer. Can that happen? It can happen, but it doesn't happen often. For If you're here and you love the Lord, you know that when you have fallen into sin, it has been something that you didn't want to be in. And something that you wanted to get out of. Next thing I want you to see from this text is we're called to help those in sin. Think about it, digest it. I want you to get it down in your spirit. We, when I already told y'all, when when the gospel, when the book says we, it's usually talking to what type of people? Christians to save people. So we, we as Christians, we who claim the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, are called. To help those, hear me well, in sin. Now you say, well, of course, Pastor, you read the verse twice already. We already caught it. Well, then, is that really what we do with people who are in sin? Now, I'm not even talking about unsaved people in sin. This passage is talking to believers who are in sin, overtaken, who have stumbled their way into a trap, who've been tricked into something that they would like to get out of. The Bible tells us that we must help these people why, why am I har- harping on that? Because most Christians, churches, churchy-type people, they don't make it their purpose to help those in sin. They got some things they like to do. They love to criticize those in sin. They love to judge people who are in sin. They, they love to look down their religious nose at others as if no sin they had done, judging folk. They they love to expose people in their sin. They love to cast rocks at people in their sin, but none of those things are what God has called us to do. God has called us to help. Say help. You're not helping people by criticizing them. You're not helping people by judging them. You're not helping people by being negative to them. You're not helping people by talking about them. The Bible says that love doesn't even repeat a matter, that, 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 that liars and slanderers repeat things. The, the, the Bible says that love hopes for better. The Bible said love don't even believe an evil report on somebody. We need to learn how to do what the Scripture tells us to do, and we're called to help. Say help. Help. The the Scripture says "You you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path right there in the middle of the screen. Those who are godly people have a command to help others back onto the right path. That, ain't, that doesn't work. Listen, you know people been in church too long when they call you up and say, I'll pray for Brother Chris. Yeah. I, I don't even tolerate At, at that point, I'm like, uh, you know what? One of my kids is calling me. I got to go. Then I'll then I, I, I tell my kids to, I'll put, I put my phone. You're like, oh, he, that ain't true. No, I, I, got, a, I got a pattern. My, kid, my kids know me. I'll put my phone on mute, and I'll say, call my name. And I tell one of my kids, call for me. And they'll be like, what do you mean? Yell out my name. I, hey, one of my kids is calling for me. I got to go. Don't think I don't. I ain't going to sit here and listen to you hack up other believers. Right? You know, uh, p- people already know, don't call me with some foolishness like that. Because I'm going to tell you, oh, oh, I didn't know you became God overnight. So... You're, you want me to pray for sister so-and-so because she hasn't been delivered from cigarettes yet? I'd just rather spend time praying for you because you ain't been delivered from gossip yet. And the external things are easier to let go. Listen, if you're, sa- if you're saved and you're still struggling with external things, if you're still struggling with drinking, smoking, cussing, por- uh, fornicating, pornography, going to clubs, what, all, all that stuff is easy to get fell off. Talk to some folk who've been in Christ for some long time and some years. They'd be like, I let go of that for a long time. What I'm trying to do is let go of that person that raped me when I was six years old. That internal stuff holds longer than that external stuff, just easy to take off. You take that off like a shirt, lay it down, walk away from it. Well, it's it's that bitterness, it's that root deep down on the inside. Those are difficult things to deal with. But whether you got internal stuff or external stuff, we all got stuff. Amen? The Bible says some people's sins go before them and other people's follow. Okay? Now, if you walk in, uh, now, I, I'm telling you, I remember, I don't even know if you remember, Dina, I don't know if you remember getting on the bus, riding the bus to Stillwell Junior High School in the mid-70s, and we used to pick people up at the Lamplighter Trailer Park. These kids at the Lamplighter Trailer Park, they, they I, I was like, and I would ask them, Do y'all just blow the smoke at each other when y'all? Because they wouldn't just get on smelling like cigarettes. It smelled like they would take a long drag and say, come here, and just blow it all over people's clothes. They came on smelling like a smokestack. Listen, if you come into church smelling like a smokestack, your sin came before you. Don't feel guilty. Come in with it. Uh other people sin following them. I can smell cigarettes and alcohol on your breath. Uh it's gonna take me, you know, not long, but it's gonna take me a second to get around you and find out that you're a lying, gossip, and cheat that don't read your Bible. Which one's worse than the other one? They're all the same. The Bible says if you broken one part of God's law, you are guilty of breaking it all. So we 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 we've all we've all got issues, but we're called to help those in sin I I had a message one time called if you leave me alone long enough maybe God will help me (laughs) I need to preach that again I'm preaching part of it today but do you realize if you would pray for the people that you want to help instead of condemning them instead of rock casting at them do you believe that God is able to do more than you can all right let's keep moving fifth thing we need to be careful say be careful Be careful. When you put yourself in a position to help, say help. You got a lot of pitfalls around you. When you do what God has commanded you to do and help some other Christian who is stumbling who is snared, who is trapped, who is overtaken in a fault. When you put yourself in a position to say, I'm going to obey God's word, and I'm going to go to Deacon West, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, listen, you better be careful. Say, be careful. be careful. You better be careful because you put yourself in harm's way at that point. You put yourself in harm's way of doing it wrong. Well, how can you do it wrong? Well, motive, big part. You you, you can do it wrong by not coming the way the scripture tells you to come and you also put yourself at risk because once you step out there critiquing other people, you open yourself up to attack from the enemy and critique on your own life. The scripture says, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Well, you you gotta look at what the scripture says, and it says, be careful not to fall. Remember, I said sin something we stumble into, something we get trapped in, something we fall into, not something we pursue. Listen, if you got plans to go out this weekend, this week, tonight, anytime in the next hundred years before you go to heaven, if you got plans to go do some wickedness, you ain't falling into sin, you're diving into sin. This is a whole different element. I'm talking to save folk who, who stumble into stuff that they're trying to get out of. But it says, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people read that and think, well, if Deacon West's problem is getting blind drunk every night, and it ain't, so I'm just, I wouldn't say it if it was, but... <laughs> He got his own set of issues, just like we all do. Nix is like, he couldn't live in my house being blind drunk. That brother better get up, go to, go to work, bring home a paycheck. I got grandbabies that need food. Don't, don't, listen, that's not his issue. But, but if it was, and you're like, oh, well, I can help him good because alcohol is not a temptation to me, I don't have to worry about the same temptation. It's not talking about the same sin, it's talking about the same stumble. Do you hear me? Don't think just because you're fully delivered of drugs that you can go correct every drug addict in the world because you ain't tempted by that anymore. And listen, that's how you know. That's how you know when you're delivered, when you're not tempted by it anymore. Most people have never truly been delivered of anything. Most people have never truly been delivered of anything they are being held back. Some of y'all have heard my speech about the chain and the muzzle. I'm going to give it to you real quick. If there's a Rottweiler next door to you and there's no fence but he's on a chain and his chain is to the very edge of his yard, he can't come in your yard and it's a vicious, angry, mean, vile dog that wants to bite everything. As long as that chain is secure and that dog got a muzzle on it, you can just reach down and slap him in his face. <laughs> Don't let the owner see you. They got laws against that. Folk in this city carry guns. You might be hit. But you, you can just get all in that Rottweiler's face as long as he's on that chain holding him back and got that muzzle preventing him from biting you. That dog will not bite you. But it's not because he don't want to. Because you're being held back. Say held back. That dog, what that dog needs is to be delivered from anger. What that dog needs is, is, is to be set free from the desire to hurt people. Same thing with Christians. Most Christian, the, the, the people in this room, the, the fact that they didn't cuss you out when you came in here today ain't necessarily because they didn't want to. The fact that you didn't hear, listen, listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you all something. Let, let, me, let, me just talk, let me just talk to black people for a minute. Keep convincing yourself. That it's different for you to say the N-word than it is for other people to say the N-word and expect America to ever change. You may as well pee in a fan. That ain't gonna work. Okay? Keep, keep, keep putting that music on with with, with uh, your friends in the car that 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 degrade. Black women, keep uh, all women, keep putting that music on that sings vul, vulgar and vile stuff and, and then tell people that, that that ain't what you really feel. You just like the beat. Play into that deception if you want to. But the reality, listen, the reason why you didn't hear a, a, a lot of hard bumping music, ca- calling women hoes and every other level of disgusting thing coming into the parking lot ain't because it ain't dialed up on people's speaker. They just turned it down when they got on church grounds. They know deliverance in that. There's a muzzle and a chain. See, the average, just because everybody walked straight and wasn't stumbling when they walked into church today, wasn't because their normal pattern of their life ain't blind, drunk, stumbling. They just let the chain of religion. And the muzzle of fear of what others think about them stop them in the presence of people. Cleaning up your act in front of other people ain't deliverance. That's the chain of religion and the muzzle of being fearful of what others think about you. Church and religion will provide you a chain and a muzzle, but Jesus Christ will deliver you so you don't even need that anymore. Deliverance comes when you don't even be tempted by it no more. Deliverance comes when it ain't even an issue to you no more. where you can be around it and not bothered by it, then you're safe. But don't think for a minute just because you can look good and pretty for an hour or two on Sunday that you're delivered. You better realize if you're living with a chain and a muzzle, you among all people are the most miserable because you're pretending you got something that you don't have. See, but the reality is most people just can't let it all hang out. It's so funny. I've had people ask me, Pastor, there have been a lot of cigarette butts on the church grounds lately. I think we should just put up a sign that says no smoking on church property. Well, I already told you some people saying go before and some people follow. Can we put up a sign that says no non-Bible readers on church property? Can we put up a sign that says no one allowed on church property didn't read their Bible every day this week? Can we put up a sign on church property that says no non-praying folk welcome here. See, just because you can see what somebody else is in and you, they can't see what you're in don't mean you ain't in it. You just found a chain and a muzzle in front of people to make you look better than you really are. I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Uh, I, I'm telling you it's time for us to get past being restrained by the wrong things and find real deliverance because restraint ain't deliverance. I, I've heard homosexual pastors try, try to lie and make excuse for their homosexuality and say, I, I had a homosexual pastor tell me, yes, I am attracted to men. I was born that way, uh, but as long as I don't act on it, God is pleased with me. I, uh, you ought to get past what you act on and get delivered on the inside. Most people never really been delivered of anything because they accepted a chain to hold them back and a muzzle to keep them quiet. When you can let, all, let it all hang out, when you, when, when, you, when you can see it not even be tempted by it, then you've been delivered from it. But you've got to be careful when you position yourself to obey this passage of Scripture. What's this passage of Scripture tell us? To help a believer out. Help them out of the mess they're in. Help them out of the trap they're in. Help them out of the stumble that they stumbled into. But you better be careful. Say, be careful. See, because God's always concerned with our motives. And we try to help other believers out of sin, we we got to make sure that our motives are right. Most people's motives aren't right when they go to helping other people out of sin. Some are. Some aren't. The Scripture says man looks on outward, but God sees the heart. The Bible says God examines every motive. God knows not only what we do, but He knows why we do what we do. Now, you're commanded. if, if, if If you see somebody, if you see Richard fall off into some deep sin... You commanded by God if you're spiritual. Now that word "spiritual" comes from a Greek word "numa," which uh, is 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 an expansive definition of a word that means wind. It means spirit. It means to be breathed on by God. It means to be moved by the wind, as the wind relates to God's spirit. So it means someone who is moving in the spirit. Are you following all that long-winded teaching? Okay. Now, if you are one of those people that's moved. By the power of God's Spirit, if what's pushing you through life is the Holy Ghost, okay? You who are godly, you who are spiritual, should go and help that believer out. Listen, if you know you ain't godly, don't, don't get messed up in that. Because you're about, you're about to put yourself in an uncareful position. You're about to get in trouble. You're about to, be, you're about to find yourself in, in the same situation. Maybe not the same sin, but the same temptation of sin. You, but, but if you're flowing in God's Spirit, if you're growing in God's Spirit, if you're being moved by God's Spirit, it's your job, say job, to go to another believer and say, hey, man, I've been seeing some things I want to talk to you about. I've been seeing some things that I, I, I'd like to sit down. Now, here, here's the thing. It ain't your job how he receives it. What if you think he won't receive it? Does that excuse you? We, 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 we've had people leave Abundant Life Christian Fellowship, make up lies on me. And and, and and just tell the whole world lies on me and they never came to me not one time and sat down with me and i and i, I told people tell them that they're, 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 they're fakes and frauds and liars and phonies and non-christians because they took that mess that they heard third hand they never came to me and asked me was this true and and i got reported back well they said they didn't think you'd listen oh that exempted you from God's law book because you worried about how richard's going to take it you worried he, he might be from a, from a different gender, a different race, a different mindset. you worried that he might not. Listen, it ain't, his, it ain't your concern whether or not he takes it or not. If you're flowing in God's spirit and you see something going on and the motive of your heart is right and you go to him as a brother or sister in Christ and you say, listen, I'm concerned for your soul. It's our job to help each other get out of these messes because here's the reality. Get this and you'll have it all. If you could get out of your own funk, you'd already be out of it. If you could get out of your own garbage, you wouldn't be swimming in it. If if, if all your Holy Ghost would have get you delivered by now, you'd already be delivered. But we have a responsibility as God's people to help a fellow believer when they are struggling. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna give you two two good reasons why why we should do this. Why why we should go to somebody and help them out. Now the first reason is my first reason for doing everything I do. In the Bible, and my mama taught it to me as a child, and y'all should know this. Why? Why should we do what this book says? Because it says so. That's every proper parent's response to every child's. But why? Because I said so. No discussion. Just because I said so. I ain't going. Listen, you parents sitting there explaining stuff to three-year-olds about why they shouldn't <laughs> throw peace in in publics. Shut that, that, you're wasting time. Stop negotiating with these little terrorists. You're telling them because I said so. I've had people tell me, well, Pastor Scott, I've tried spanking my children. It don't work. Listen, the Bible says it it worked. Ask my children if it worked. I saw somebody put on Facebook, if your children obey you because they're scared you'll spank them, you're not a good parent. I'm like, well, I'm a parent whose kids ain't going to end up in prison. (laughs) Because I said so, listen, if you're a child of the father, you ought to want your father to be happy with you. Because he said so ought to be enough, even without fear, even without retribution. But, you know, sin has consequences. Number one reason you ought to help believers who are overtaken in a fault is because God said so. The second reason ought to be because you love them. If you love somebody and you see uh, that they're about to do something that's going to put them in harm's way, you ought to step in. My children don't get the benefit most, parents, most kids get when they go on long drives. My kids know one of them has to stay awake when I'm driving. Anybody know why they have to stay awake? Why they have to stay awake when I'm driving, Dina? I sleep while I drive. Get next to me if you want to. Uh, I'm driving down the road. I I get a second and a half of sleep every 3 seconds. It is what it is. Pastor Scott, you shouldn't do that. Well, you know, you shouldn't do that either. My kids my kids will wait. They'd be like they will wait bum 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 because they know. I'm like, I got this. Bum bup, bup, bup. bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. They'll wait till I'm just about to drive, slam off the overpass. Dad, I know what that means. We're about to get head on with a semi. If you know somebody's about to drive head on with a semi and you love them, you ought to say, yo, bruh, wake up. This ain't good bad times coming so let's look at the second part first we 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 do this because we love people well we better love people because listen to what jesus said in john 15 12 he said this is my commandment love each other the same way i've loved you here jesus is wrapping up his earthly ministries coming to a close this is this he's coming up on his final teaching and he's been telling people what his father's commandments are. He's been telling people about his father's kingdom the whole time. He breaks stride here and does something unique. Because the whole time, read the Gospel of John, you'll be find out. In my father's kingdom, in my father's kingdom, in my father's kingdom. And now he, fi- he finally says, he, he tells him, my, my father commands. He, he finally says, this is my commandment. Love each other. The same way I love you. You want to say you're following Jesus? You better love people. If you don't love people, you ain't following Jesus. If you don't love people, and listen, if you love somebody, you're going to let them know when, when they're sinking in sewage. Amen? People are like, well, I don't want to judge. I see Brother Chris over there sinking in quicksand, but I, I, I'm sure he knows what he's doing, and um, I don't want to. You, know, you better help somebody. You better, you better come to somebody's rescue. We've been called to help each other, and we've been called to love each other but let's 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 look back let's look at the first thing i said let's look at what what about god said so we see this command in, in our text that god commands us to help somebody who's overtaken listen to what the bible says in romans 15 1. but we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not just please ourselves now see how great would it be if everybody that came to church came in with a tithe check already made out, with an offering already made out, been praying all week, been studying all week, came in safe, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, nice, kind, loving, and decent. How how all That would be great. Then we wouldn't have a whole lot of work to do as far as helping get people out of sewage and helping pull people up out of the muck and the mire. But the Scripture commands those who are strong to bear with the failings of the weak. Now, let me ask you this. If you know you're a weak Christian, does this verse apply to you going to help out other people? No, no. You barely carrying your own weight. You can't be dealing with carrying somebody else's weight until you got your own weight carried. It's that strong, it's that strong soldier who, who goes and 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 helps the other the other soldier finish that 15-mile hike. With 85 pounds on his back. It's not the two weak guys in the back. They can't help each other. It's strong soldiers who got to bear with the failings of the weak. But here's the problem in church. It seems like the stronger people get, the more they criticize the weak. seems like the longer people have been in church, the more they condemn the weak. It seems like the longer they've been growing in Christ in their mind, they, they bash and talk bad about the weak. But the scripture says, we, who's we talking to? Christians, we who are strong, strong Christians, ought to bear with the, listen, failings of the weak. It doesn't say kick them out of your church. It doesn't say ostracize them. It doesn't say have nothing to do with them. It says bear with the failings of them and not just please ourselves. Listen, my job would be the easiest job in the world if everybody everybody in here spent three hours a day praying and three hours a day reading their Bible and gave 75% of their money to the Lord's church. That'd be easy. I, I had professors tell me all through Bible college and seminary ministry would be great if it wasn't for people. Cause people have problems, and you got to bear with them in their problems. You know, I realized years after that, when I had both feet in ministry, that ministry is people. So, you know, ministry would be great if we're, there would be no ministry without people, it'd just be worship. And that's in my wheelhouse, y'all. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Uh, I, I've told y'all, my personality, I could be a monk. I could sit in a cave and just read my Bible all day long, pray all day long, take a seven-year vow of silence. Not a, hey, listen, if the trade-off was I didn't, didn't have to talk to anybody, so I didn't have to have people in my head 20 hours a day, I'm in it. That, that, that would fit me well, but that's not ministry. Ministry is getting strong so you can help people who are falling down. And this is what we need to do. And I'm looking for some people to get strong in this church so we can help people that need help carrying their load. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, Brothers and sisters, what kind of people is that talking to? Christians. We urge you to warn those who are undisciplined. Other translations say lazy and unruly. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. Oh, that's a lot to unpack, and I'm not going to unpack it all, but... The Bible does not waste words. It's a specific book. The Bible wouldn't warn us, uh, wouldn't urge us to warn those who are undisciplined if we weren't going to have undisciplined people in the church. Anybody believe there's undisciplined people in this room? Anybody believe there's people in this room who struggle to read their Bible and pray every day, who struggle to obey God in the simplest commands? The Bible says to warn those people, to encourage those who are timid. Listen, timid folk, you got to come out of your shell, you got to praise God too you got to clap your hands. you got to lift your hands. you got to say, thank you, Jesus. You you, you just can't hide in your personality forever. I told you all, if I was going to be in my personality, I'd go to some mountain in, 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 in Germany somewhere, get up with some monks who would never put sin in my face and would just leave me alone and let me stay with God. But that's not ministry. It says take tender care of those who are weak. Must there be weak people? There must be. Or he wouldn't tell us to take care of them. And listen, oh, four words. Be patient with everyone. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The more you grow in your relationship with Christ, the easier sin's going to get on your nerves, especially if you're impatient by design. If you're an impatient person to begin with, the devil is going to use that impatience in your life to bother you with other people. Because when you're being bothered with other people, you ain't focusing on you. And you're going to get messed up. And you're not going to be obeying the scripture that God has commanded us to do. Now, here's a difficulty with correcting people. Say difficult. Here's a difficulty. The Bible says in Proverbs 9, 7, anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return. Nobody wants that. Anyone who corrects the wicked, listen, will get hurt. You're going to walk around and do what God's Word said? God's Word said to help people when they're overtaken in the fault. God's Word says to, to, to correct the undisciplined, to, to correct the, the, the people who are, who are walking in the wrong direction. But the Bible also says if you correct wicked folk, you're going to get hurt. You can't worry about your feelings and be in ministry. Your little feelings, your poor little feelings, they're going to get hurt. And you need to realize that uh, you're not as hurt as Jesus was. You ain't bear the pain in your body that Jesus did. Are you willing to be hurt for ministry? Because it's going it's to happen. Verse 9 says, so don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise, and they will love you. I wish we had a church of nothing but wise people. Because if we had nothing but wise people, when I, brought, when I bring biblical correction, they'd all love me. They wouldn't be sitting there saying... I just don't know about abundant life. See, like every time I go there, Pastor Scott's saying I'm doing something wrong. See, like every, and listen, Pastor Scott ain't saying nothing. <laughs> Pastor Scott's delivering the message from the book. The, the mailman, don't be mad at the mailman because your light bill went up. The, the delivery boy just is the delivery boy, okay? Uh, but if everybody was wise, when I bring biblical correction, everybody would love me. But that's not what it says. So here's what I want to uh, encourage everybody in the room. Be careful how you bring correction. You're going to get your feelings hurt, so people are going to hate you. But Jesus said, don't be be shocked if they hate you. They hated me first. Now, I tell people all the time because I've had some people come in. Some people will bring their spouse into my office, some people will bring their child into my office. Some people will bring a friend into my office, and they're thinking, oh, I'm going to just turn Pastor Scott loose, and he's going to just rip them up. That's not sick of them, Pastor. Go ahead. Get him. That ain't me. That ain't me. You think because I, I, I preach a uh, straight truth that, that I'm just going to tear into people and in cast That ain't me. Coming to one of my counseling sessions, I'm, I'm going to turn it on the one who's casting rocks. I'm going to say, well, you know, it, 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 it may really all be Henry. But let's talk about why you hate him so much. Now That ain't y'all. I'm just saying, sit on the front row, you get what you get. No, I... I had someone tell me uh, several times, well, I brought him in here for you to straighten him out. I see correction needed everywhere at that point. <laughs> Wise people will be happy with you. So be careful who you spend time correcting. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a hard charger. in in correcting people in one-on-one situations when i've got a limited amount of time to hold this microphone and to share with you the truth i'm gonna be straight truth no chaser i ain't gonna put a spoonful of sugar in it to make the medicine go down that's why y'all need to shake people's hands and hug because i'm not gonna stand at the door and politic and shake hands and kiss babies' faces and tell y'all i sure hope you come back next week i'm too busy digesting what god just put through me that's why i go sit down plus i'm sweating in my socks so that's a whole different issue be careful. Say, be careful. Now, that makes my position difficult, and I'm asking you for prayer today. That makes my position difficult because listen to what the Bible commands of pastors in 2 Timothy 4, 2. Preach the word of God, period. Preach the word of God, period. Man, if preachers preach the word of God, they are not going to be popular. If preachers preach the word of God, they're not going to get a lot of invites to parties. If preachers preach the word of God, they're not going to be surrounded. People aren't going to bring them into their surrounding that much. It also says be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. The man of God has got to take the message of God to the masses no matter what time it is, no matter what the season it is, no matter if it's popular or not popular. And I came to tell you, it ain't never been popular and ain't never going to get popular. The masses will not embrace the word of God. The Word of God says for itself that it is a rock of offense on a stumbling block. It says, patiently, listen, this, this, is what I ha- this is what I am tasked with. Correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Now, good teaching, people don't always have a problem with. Correction and rebuke. Uh, what, good teaching and encouragement, people don't always have a problem with. Correction and rebuke. Well, who you telling I shouldn't be doing You. That's who I'm telling. You. I mean, it is what it is. The truth's the truth anyhow. To, to rebuke. Boy, if you look up a definition for rebuke, uh, let, let me tell you, four words that, that are synonyms for rebuke. Or I'll give you three. Scold. You think people like being scolded? You scold somebody, they're going to hate your guts. Lectured. you think somebody wants to be lectured? You think somebody wants to be reprimanded? No, man. I'm like, I've, I've, I've told my family, I wish God would just let me preach cute little soft milk toast messages where everybody would love me and, and, and people, people wouldn't uh, be so upset. But that, that, that's, not, that's not real. i got to stand before God and give an account for obeying this book. i got to stand before God and give an account for what I teach. So I'm not coming with some watered-down, half-baked message just so we can have every chair full. If I shorten the sermons up, more people would come. If I preach soft, encouraging messages all the time, more people would come. But I ain't worrying about more people on Judgment Day. I'm just worried about me and the Lord. And I, 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 got, I got to do what the Scripture tells me to do. Now, listen, if, you're not, if, if your job is not to preach the Word, you need to be cautious about bringing correction and rebuke. You need to be focused on uh, encouraging people and, 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 and leave, leaving that hard part to the ones who have to take the hard part, but you get yourself in trouble when you go correcting people because there's a way to do it. The Bible says that you have to do it humbly, that you have to do it patiently. you got to do it with the right motives. Proverbs 16.2 says, People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. You can look good in what you do, but you better have your heart right in you doing it because God sees everything i started this message by saying we need to help each other but to do that we got to get our own lives together we got to get our own lives together and i don't believe we have years to make that happen we have a country that is degrading in front of our very eyes we have a country that is divided and separated in a greater capacity than it's ever been the church is divided and separated in a greater way than it's ever been and i don't believe we've got years to take little steps. I believe that's one of the reasons why God put on my spirit for our theme this year to be to take massive action. We got to get on with the getting on. It's time to get right with God, believer. Not only so you can be right with God, but so you can help other people. It's time to get right with God so you can help other people carry their load. The load is heavy in this life. And God has called us to help each other. We're going to have years to get you there. So here's what I'm going to do today, right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity to hit the reset button. And I believe everybody in here needs to hit the reset button. You need to hit the reset button on your spirituality, sir, ma'am, young person. You need to hit the reset button on your commitment to Christ. You need to hit the reset button, and you need to reaffirm some things today in your own life that you will be a man of God, that you will be a woman of God, that you will stop playing with things that you've been playing with and you will get on with the getting on because time is far spent and the hour is passed for playing around. The world is lost, dying, and on its way to hell. And it ain't the government's job to save anybody. That's the Lord's job. That's the, that's the job of the New Testament church is to preach the truth and to provide a platform for people to receive Christ. So there ain't but two types of people in this room. Everybody needs to hit a reset button. Some need to hit a reset button on life. You, you need to get real life. You need to get Holy Ghost salvation. If you're here and you're not saved, if you're not sure that you're born, again, doesn't matter how many times you pray prayed a prayer, doesn't matter how many hours you walk. Ain't nothing in the Bible that says you pray a prayer to get saved or you walk an aisle to get saved. The Bible says when you really call on the Lord with your whole heart, if you're not right with God today you need to pray and ask God to save you if you're not sure that you're saved you need to ask God to save you and if you're here and you know that you're saved you need to hit a reset button on your spirituality one of the most familiar verses in all the scriptures 1 John 1 9 it says if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness God wants to clean us up so we can help each other out Clean us up so we can help each other out. Clean us up so we can help each other out. God wants us to get saved so we can tell other people how to get saved. God wants us to grow in our faith so we can show other people how to grow in their faith. But there's got to be a reset button. So I'm going to pray and we're going to have a time of altar ministry. Some of you that have helped with altar ministry before, I want you to, to be ready. When I tell you to come, I want you to come up here and pray for some people. If you want somebody to pray with you, we're going to have altar workers here present. You just tell them. You, you're coming to either get saved or you're coming because you want God to help you live out your faith. But we're going to get on this altar today, and we're going to pray, and we're going to hit a reset button. And I want you to get—listen, don't walk out on this. Don't, I, I I pray God he'd let the sky fall out loose right now and flood every every— Every parking lot there is so that nobody walk out any door. I want want you to hit a reset button on life today. If you need to get saved, get saved. If you're ready to be everything that God called you to be, then let's do that. If you ain't ready, get on the altar until God's spirit falls on you and gets you ready. Pray with me. God, thank you for allowing us an opportunity to get right with you. Thank you for allowing us the privilege of helping each other once we get spiritual, once we get strong. God, I pray today you do your work your way. I pray for every person in this room who's unsaved. God, I pray that today would be their day of real salvation. God, I pray that today that they would make their life right with you. God, for every Christian in this room today. God, I pray that you would give us Holy Ghost repentance. God, I pray that you would give us a willingness to get on our knees Confess our sins. Ask for your forgiveness and clean us up, God. Clean us up and send us out, God. Let us be your hands and feet in this earth. But give us clean hands, God. Give us a pure heart. God, I pray to you glorify yourself in this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening